A Christian mind is not one that is trained to think only about Christian topics. It is a mind that has learned to think about everything from a Christian perspective. We have to understand God rightly to know him intimately. It is the gospel that orients my thinking on every other issue. You can know if you're trusting in Jesus that every single atom in this universe is working for your good. That's why I'm sticking with Jesus. Not because he always does what I want him to do. I'm sticking with Jesus because I just haven't found any better alternative. Black Maria, season five, episode four. Whoop, whoop. How's everyone doing? Good one. <laughs> so in the room we've got Femi, yo, yo, yo. myself, Mary, and we've got a little bit of a guest. She's been Hi. on Blackberry before, but maybe what, 50, 60 episodes ago? Jenny, like four <laughs> years ago, Jenny, five. <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course we've got, we've, we actually have Israel, we have Israel. He's back. Um, Israel yeah, 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 yeah. Israel, how are you? So good to have you. <laughs> Especially on this topic as well, but so good to have you. Yeah, well, how are you? Yeah, 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 likewise, man. Been good, been missing, been missing the Blackberry podcast, so excited to be back on. The Wi-Fi yeah. was trying to do the devil's work, but we oh. said no. We said no, it's <laughs> on my head. <laughs> we have to cast and bind. It cast and bind. bind. Literally working against all... Anyway, so I'm stop. <laughs> uh, but Zoe, how are you? How are you? So I'm when right. when Femi was on the episode, I think the first episode, I think Edgem had this question around. So you know the show Mastermind, right? No. Okay, so there's a sh- there's a show called Mastermind on BBC, and um, you you come on the I think the first round is general knowledge, and mm-hmm. then the second round is like your specialist specialist knowledge. knowledge. So you, you can pick around about something that you're very comfortable and confident in us answering questions. So if you was on Mastermind, what would be your specialist knowledge round? Great question. <laughs> Could be anything. I think you said you said LeBron James, right? Yeah, I said LeBron James or Man United. Man United, he said as well. Ugh, nasty. <laughs> what would be yours? It could be anything. It could be a artist. It could be a a book. I'd say I feel like I'm shooting myself in the foot because you, are you going to ask me questions? No, we're not. We're not. Don't worry. No, what? I feel like. <laughs> Come on. Get F Radio set in 2003. Oh, what a brilliant. <laughs> He said, "Gets." What a <laughs> brilliant answer! Every single one of them came. For his is that, birthday. Is, that's oh, that's genuine. not the one that Griminal was on, was it? It is. Oh, that Griminal. Oh, what that's a set! That's giving um Christian Liberty and Bay throwback. If you oh, haven't listened to that, that's episode three. <laughs> oh, so I don't know what that is. I forgot. I don't. Listen, I don't listen to that. Okay, so then you're very confident in if anything about that 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 set. You can you can answer about spray four bars. Just That's four. never gonna happen. Okay, Ever. just four. One, Sorry. one bar. <laughs> one, one bar. This is one bar. Actually, embarrassing. It's not embarrassing. That's so at weird. All. I thought your specialist knowledge would be the Bible. Wow. Yeah. Good segue, no? I thought that's what. We, wait, isn't that why we brought her on? I yeah, thought, I thought that was your. I thought yeah, you were exactly. Your specialist Mer- Mary, when we <laughs> when we make transfers and new signings, we have to <laughs> we have to discuss this properly. <laughs> no, but thanks for no, coming no. on the pod. Definitely appreciate you, Zoe, being here. Um, and yeah, I think one thing we're going to discuss today is. On the subject of the Bible, can we trust the Bible? So, as as you guys know, this season we've been doing tough questions um, that Christians face that are uh, that are um, posed by skeptics. Still skeptics, skeptics, <laughs> not skeptics. That's that's he her, wasn't that's he was, he he was not by skeptics, agnostics, <laughs> atheists, and so forth. Uh, and one of them, and of course, this is all. Some of these questions are coming from Rebecca Robock uh, McGoughlin. 
I can't pronounce anything Cloth. today. Mm. Confronting Christianity. Um, and one of the sub the sections is can we trust the Bible? Um, so that's what we'll be talking today. I think it'll be a good conversation. I think we're a little bit nervous about having the conversation, just trying to make sure we're accurate <laughs> as possible. Um, but we're we're glad we have we have a Reverend Israel here, so that's a good thing. Um, but what just to begin, yeah, what's your favorite Bible story? Ooh. So it could yeah, it could be anything. It could be a story that's just comes back to you. It could be a story that you just you, it's like unbelievable. Like, wow, this is crazy. So I can go first. I've always thought that um Jonah and the well was like, wait, huh? He was in mm. a like what? He was in a well for what three days? Um, or even just the parting of the Red Sea. Um, I know what is it, Prince of Egypt? Like just just seeing <laughs> it, the fact that an actual river like just parted ways is very interesting to me. So yeah, what are your favorite Bible stories? I feel like when Jesus heals the two blind men, mm-hmm. um, that always just stays with me. I think I just, I, yeah, I think the miracles of Jesus generally are so like, mm. like unambiguous and like how can you heal someone that was born blind? That's actually crazy. Mm-hmm. So I think to be able to see that it's actually madness. Like mm. it's not, that the it was minus um ten and it went to minus. It's, this person <laughs> was born blind. They never yeah. seen again. Now they're seeing. That's actually crazy. So I that's one that. of my favorite. That's that. one of my. I've got a strong like reaction to that. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Femi Israel. <clears throat> yeah, I think previously, you know, I would have said um Job. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I've always said. Just um seeing how he still con- um, kept his trust in God despite all of the tests and trials that were through his way were thrown mm. his way. Um, so that's that was previously probably my favorite story, but I think what's trumped that now, mm. especially because we just studied it in our small groups, is probably the Exodus story as a whole. Yeah, um, we studied Exodus recently, and it, yeah, there's just so mm. much in it. Like, there's so much depth to it. There's so much. It's it's not surprising that movie. So many movies have been made, like Prince of Egypt, Ten yeah. Commandments. Mm-hmm. Um, so many stories because it's such. There's so much depth to the Exodus story, and there's a lot of um, uh, foretelling of uh, to jesus as well and shadowing and stuff like that so um yeah really really enjoyed the story mm. and moses and israelites and um yeah really really enjoyed it um going through it um for the past few months so i'll probably say that's actually my favorite bible study now yeah mm. and israel i know it's a hard one for me um I'm stuck between two. One, only because I recently uh, studied it in one of the classes I'm taking mm. in seminary is um, the encounter between Abraham and Melchizedek. Um, and because of its strangeness, mm. uh, Melchizedek comes out of nowhere, encounters Abraham and then disappears. And then is only referenced three times in the Old Testament, right? Genesis, Psalm 110, and then Hebrews. Mm. Um, but the really strange thing that has been bugging me is um, that encounter is the only reference you have to bread and wine in the Old Testament where Melchizedek brings out bread and wine to give to Abraham. Mm. And then in the New Testament in Hebrews, um, when the writer says that Jesus is a high priest in the order of Melchizedek, speaks of his sacrifice, right? And so there's a lot of like um, Lord's per imagery here that i've been trying to get my head around so it's more the strangeness of it yeah um that makes it stand out and then in the new testament peter and jesus's encounters in general both when he first meets him and then 
on the um, seashore around the fire having breakfast where he reinstates him. Um, I think that relationship between Peter and Jesus is really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you guys have got some good good Bible stories. <laughs> yeah. Old Testament, New. Um, no, that's very, very interesting. I mean, in t- terms of like covering this subject of can we trust the Bible, thinking about like tough questions, like what are your common, like what are the common kind of points that people usually raise when they talk about the, the Bible? So, you know, sometimes there's, there's almost twofold. You might have some people that say, how do you know the Bible is an accurate like historical document? Um, and then it's like, oh, wait, how do you know the Bible is the word of God? when contrasted against other religious texts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so like it, in whatever way you want to approach it, like what are the common kind of, um, yeah, common points that people raise around the the Bible and the trusting of the Bible? Yeah, I think um, the, well, approach that I'm mo- most familiar with because I just watched loads of stuff on it is probably the Islamic approach, which mm-hmm. is um, the Bible has been changed, it's corrupted, um, there's there's contradictions. Um, there's two, there's so many translations, which yeah. means that it's not um, there isn't one. So the what what they would profess about the Quran is that there's one Arabic Quran, and that's it. It's never yeah. been changed. It's never it's been preserved. That's what they hold. To, that's what they um, believe anyway, and it's been preserved for so so long. So when they compare that to the Bible, it's like for them it's the complete opposite. It's it's been changed. It's been corrupted. There's contradictions. There's so many translations, blah, 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 blah. So that's like their, um, I guess, attack against the Bible. So that that one is what I'm, there's loads, but that's one I'm quite familiar with in terms you? of, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. What about you, Zoe? Um, I think it's probably not so much like the trustworthiness of it, but just some disturbing content, mm. um, Misogyny, patriarchy, mm. slavery, etc., etc. Yeah. So almost like, how can you? So yeah, if you believe that that's sanctioned in the Bible, then how can you believe that the Bible is God's word and that God is good? Yeah, I hear you. Because I think especially when you meet Christians who say, "Yep, mm. I believe everything in the Bible." There's no errors in the Bible. They may think, wait, so you guys are okay with mm. genocide, like, like all these other you know evil things that happen in the Bible. So no, I hear that. Um, I think for me, like I remember when I was seventeen, um, I was listening to like a, a rapper actually. He was talking about the Bible and how King James had like changed the bible and constantine i remember at that time thinking what like who put the bible together and you know and of course growing up in my house if it's the the bible this is god's word you know like this don't play around with it um so when i was hearing i was thinking what what do you mean the bible's been changed and then i mean you read it um the vinch code with down brown and how there was some sort of um apparently anyway some sort of a corruption or um with changing the bible or preserving it in a particular way and that at the time had me thinking oh you know what's going on here um what, what about you israel and also israel like when you hear some of these points that are raised like what are the usual like what are the res- helpful responses in tackling some of these questions because people can go out go out any way i'm sure there's multiple other reasons yeah. why people have issues with the bible but yeah what are like the common approaches or helpful responses to use yeah i think what you mentioned is probably the most common that i've encountered as well of like just the um <laughs> yeah, disturbing narratives in in the Bible and trying to explain how can you believe in a God that's good and then 
there's genocide or um, there's yeah, sexual assault, all these other things happening. Um, and I think that mostly ties into a lot of just our general cultural tensions because I think that's where we're no longer in a society that's trying to like do logical arguments for positions. It's more what have people actually experienced? So you think of um, changes around social justice, community movement. So I think that's on people's minds. They want to know that the God you're presenting is a God that they can actually personally trust, not just like intellectually mm. trust. Um, and so then those, that, those, those narratives become more important to justifying all of that. So I, I don't know, as far as like what, what helps, oh man, I, th- I think maybe trying to stay as specific to stories as possible um, mm. because there is just so much in the Bible. I mean, there's 66 books. I mean, you know, it's, if we were trying to do this with Shakespeare, it would be overwhelming um, try and analyze all of his works. So to try and do the same with the Bible is unrealistic, um, at least in one conversation, right, or in a week or whatever. So it's probably helpful to be as specific in terms of what story particularly do you have an issue with? Mm. Let's work through that story. Um, and let's go through as many as you need to to come to a place of confidence. Mm as opposed to trying to work with the entire Bible, like in a two hour discussion. Yeah. No, no, that, that is helpful. I remember, I don't know where I saw this actually, but someone was kind of picking up and saying that, you know, Genesis <laughs> one and Genesis two are contradictory. Um, and they're like, yeah, I mean, even from the beginning of the text, you can see that and they were trying to make a point that, yeah, that the Bible just can't be, can't be trusted. Um, and it was, it was helpful to, for someone to respond to that and say, actually, you know, Genesis one and Genesis two are, are theological in terms of how it's presented, and they're 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 almost looking at the 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 origin story or the creation story from different from different vantage points. Um, but sometimes, as you, as you said, like Israel is helpful to if you're talking to someone and they've got a particular passage in mind that you can deal with that. Um, but then, how do you deal with people who think you know what? How do you know the Bible's God's words? Like, how do you know where did the Bible come from? Like, how can I? trust it is the bible should i take the bible literally mm. um yeah i mean should i believe the bible is a, is a bible like without error like how how do you guys respond to kind of broader questions that that you might get from people i think one thing to say though is that sometimes you get some of these questions and maybe it's just me like if i don't know the answer i don't know the answer mm. I mean, oh, I have an answer for you so that I might say, yo, like, and it's, and I think we'll come, we'll come to this actually eventually when we talk about like the actual internal witness that Christians have in believing the gospel and in believing the Bible, you know, that we, we actually, I mean, they may say it's circular reasoning, but we actually believe because we believe in Christ, we believe the Bible. Um, yeah, I was going to, I was actually going to say something similar because the, the, I guess the reason, and um, Zoe actually touched on this earlier before we, I think it was before we started recording, um, in terms of like, personal views on why you trust the bible rather than mm. like have it so well so for example just an example before we recorded today i was like oh like think about what i was gonna say and what kind of vantage point i would come from and i actually watched a video from john piper mm-hmm. asked john piper which was asking this literal question like why should we trust the bible and i was thinking oh i love john piper he's gonna have the answers yeah listen to the whole video and i thought Oh, I don't resonate, <laughs> like, and I was so I was so surprised that I didn't mm. resonate. And it wasn't that anything John Pavel wasn't saying that wasn't true. Mm. Um, like everything he said had truth to it, 
but it just didn't resonate to me. So like if someone asked me to, to answer that, I wouldn't have answered in the way he did. Okay. And I think that was telling more than I even, it wasn't until Zoe was talking about earlier that it made me realize, oh, actually, yeah, that's quite telling. Like we all have our different experiences or why we trust the Bible. I think we have a shared experience in the fact that um, we all have faith in Jesus Christ, like you said, Mary, mm. and our spiritual eyes have been open and we have been given the gift of faith mm. in Jesus Christ. Um, and that's what opens the door. But I think what that looks like in terms of explaining that um, could look different to different people. I know you might ask me what what it looks like to me, but. But yeah, that, that's, um, that's kind of what I think about um, in terms of like, yeah, what does that look like to me? And that might look like something different to, mm. to many people. Cause you can't give like an internet intellectual answer or an academic answer. And I'm, and, and I'm sure many of those answers are valid. And even like what Israel was saying, like rather than sometimes it is just breaking it down of different chapters, different stories and like, okay, why is this, you know, trustworthy? Why is that trustworthy rather than as a whole? But um, yeah, I think, I think, it could that, that we could all all four of us could give completely different answers but yeah. it could all be quite accurate yeah then i think also there's a sense in which you do want to lean on the fact that the bible is a historical document mm-hmm. um it's scientific it's reliable it's tested um you know even just how um the authors write about each other um how it's quoted the preservation over the years um and you and you can stand on that and those who are gifted at that can do that and mm-hmm. there's there's so many resources out there. If someone was like, you know, what, I can't trust the Bible. Oh, the Bible's not real. The people would just be like this. Like I think even atheists or those who are in that in that um, arena can't deny the historicity of the scriptures. Um, and then that might be a good way to be like, yeah, this is legit. Like we're not just we didn't just it's not vibes. We didn't just come here mm-hmm, and say what's mm-hmm. this tick, and we just start believing it. Mm-hmm. But of course, I think what you're saying is that I mean the 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 trusting in the scriptures and and the reason why Christians lean on the scriptures is more than just because it's yeah. a proven historical document. 100%. Um, there's yeah. actually a, a, a spiritual aspect of it in terms of uh, the spirit working in our hearts and, and convicting us of that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Israel, like, so how, mm. what is your approach in terms of, yeah, I mean, dealing with people, are you are you leaning more on the, I want to show you guys that this is a historical document and you're going to, you know, show all the different, I think Voldy <laughs> Bockham has like a, I was yeah, trying to tell you that. Yeah. He has like a little, what were you going to say? I was just going to remember um, that he was visiting somewhere and we had, he um, did a sermon on the, literally on the historicity yeah, of the Bible. Actually. I remember listening to it and being like, I get it, but that's not why I trust the Bible. I mm. thought that was a great, it was so helpful to learn it. But I, I don't, I'm not sure it added to my trust of the Bible. Mm. Um, so it's like I feel mm. like it's a very valid answer, but it's not my answer, mm-hmm. um, which I think is what what we were just saying. Okay, what's your answers? Let's start with Israel first. <laughs> no, no. So what? <laughs> <laughs> I am coming to. Zoe said that presentation from you is good, no. Vodi. Femi said, John, yeah, thanks, but that's not the reason. <laughs> okay, let's go around Israel. Why do you trust the Bible? Why should Christians trust the Bible? Do you? Oh, wow. should? That's two different questions. What? As in what? Do you why do you and why should you? Mm. Okay. Mm. Okay, let's do why do you trust the Bible? Hey, my <laughs> wow. Wow, that I didn't think we were gonna go that quickly into <laughs> into the heavy question. I'll I'll premise it though, which is really nerdy, but by saying I think what, what both um Femi and Zoe mentioned, 
I see as some a sense of like a generational difference or change because the whole approach of um, trying to use hard facts to argue for the reliability of the Bible feels like a very Gen X thing to do or like mm. early 2000s yeah. kind of approach. And like, again, you know, as was mentioned, the statements we made are true, mm. um, but I don't think we're in a period where people are looking for hard facts as though the minute, you know, you read some document that says this thing has been proven by an archaeologist, all of a sudden faith is going to like pop up in your heart. Yeah. And that's not really how it works. Um, Which is to say, I think I would probably want to frame it more along the lines of offering something of a contrast between religions and the God of the Bible and mm. going from the God of the Bible to the reliability of the Bible. Yeah. Um, to say, I, I, I think the God of the Bible, when actually, you know, encountered, presents um, a vision of life, a mode of living that is fulfilling and, you know, I would probably say far superior to any other religious text you can find. Mm. Um, and thus you can trust his word because you can trust the person. Mm -hmm. um, I think one way of saying it as well is, especially in, in relation to Jesus Christ, if Jesus Christ is who he says he is, um, if the depiction we get in the gospels is actually true, then everything else that follows, we know we can trust because the person upon whom it depends is already trustworthy. That person is trustworthy. Therefore, their words and the words that they institute and the words that they um, mandate to the church is, you know, it, it flows from the person as opposed from the text to mm. the person. It goes from the person to the text. Um, I hope that makes sense. So I think, yeah, yes, I would want to spend more time reaching out and analyze the person of Jesus Christ um, within the ancient, you know, Greco-Roman um, context. And I would even be also much more comfortable nowadays going even to the Old Testament and showing why a lot of the, I think, misinterpretations um, we have of the Old Testament, actually when we understand them, present a far more just God than we think. Mm. Um, and then when you do that, all of a sudden, say actually that's the kind of god i actually want to follow um, yeah which you don't see in other religions or even you know i'm guessing the atheistic approaches to to life or or the sort yeah yeah it's interesting what you said because i think i know that some people use like the bible to defend the bible or they may say actually you know the person of christ so even me if i'm using why i believe in the bible i, I usually try and focus on on jesus and some people say but Jesus, the Jesus you know is from the Bible. So it almost feels like circular reasoning a little bit. It's like, yeah, you know, you're using the Bible to prove the Bible, but that's not like, isn't that circular reason, uh, reasoning? But yeah, I think as you, as you said, it has to start with trust in the God of the Bible. Um, and if the God of the Bible is real, if the person of Christ is real, then that has ramifications for the actual scriptures as well. So yeah, that's very helpful. Femi and Zoe. 
Why no, do you? Got the same answer here. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> honestly, I think it it's the same thing, and I'm kind of content with the reason if it's circular, let it be circular. <laughs> I feel like the conviction about who Jesus is um, is is the starting point from where everything else follows. So because. But I understand how my conviction about who Jesus is comes from the Bible, mm. which it does. Um, but yeah, I think the conviction that... So I'm convinced, I've been convinced, that Jesus is not just a man, but he's also God. Mm. He's the son of God. He's the perfect image of God, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think he's demonstrated that through um, just the miraculous things that he's done, through dying through resurrecting um etc as it's written out in the in the gospels and i've also i guess this is the um the subjective spiritual experience of knowing Mm. this person that's invisible and having him live with me and walk beside me and guide me in my life so there's such a reality and a conviction of who he is um and then hearing how he references um, well, validates the New Testament um, and the Old Testament in terms of the way he references it. Um, it is just a route to trustworthiness. So it's almost like if he, um, if he speaks of Scripture as the Word of God, which he does, mm. then it's the Word of God. Do you get what I mean? And if if I can trust him with my entire life and salvation, I can trust him that this is this is the word of God um, type thing. So yeah, I do think it's, I kind of get the circular mm. problem, but that that really is what it is for me. Mm. Femi? Yeah, no, I completely agree <laughs> with what's been said so far. And I think you could argue, and I'm sure some people would argue against that, it's not completely um, circular because there's a histori- historicity, oh, I like that man. word, <laughs> Uh, to Jesus Christ as a as a, a as a a figure, historic figure, yeah, um, um, which some people may debate, but a majority of people be, um, believe that Jesus did exist and walk on this earth, um, and was crucified and died, and obviously people contend the resurrection, but um, I would say there's a lot of things that would lead towards um, the belief that yeah, Jesus did resurrect um and obviously yeah it's the gift of faith that as christians we believe that not only did he die resurrect after three days but also he was the son of god um uh, and part of the trinity um and that, that so that so there's an element of it yeah that yes it is circular but i think that there's an outside thing you can also look at there's a case for christ yeah outside of um, the um, the biblical um, view on Christ that you can make the case that it's not completely circular, even though obviously there's elements of it, and there's obviously elements of it that we can't explain to an unbeliever. Not we can explain, but an unbeliever might not understand because it is a gift of faith that we have that we even believe, right? So um, that's uh, that's where it could, it would start from, um, and I really like what Zoe was saying in terms of yeah, and I think as well mentioned as well as in Jesus, not just come in and doing what he did, but also pointing back to the scriptures, pointing back to the Old Testament. So Jesus vouched for that, those same scriptures. So if I believe in Jesus and he believes in those scriptures, 
then I believe in those scriptures as well. Mm. Um, so that's a, that's a massive part of it. Um, and I guess another individual part, and this might be just individual to me, but reading the Bible myself, I've always been amazed by how so many different writers could point to one story. Yeah. Um, and there'll be one theme, because these, these are like, I don't know, theologians tell me how many writers there are <laughs> but <laughs> i don't know how many writers uh, in say over 40 writers. okay let's say over 40 writers in the old and new testament could point to such a and over different time time zones and etc etc i can point to a um what i would believe anyway to be a similar uh, one story is amazing to me so it's, it's really funny because i keep on bringing up um islam so any muslims that are listening i'm not trying to offend you i'm not it's just Contact i watch i watch a lot of that kind of content, but um, uh, Muslims would would point to the fact that it was one writer of the Quran, and it was you know Gabriel, um, Angel Gabriel came to Muhammad, Muhammad um, gave the message to to the world, I guess, and it's just one right, and it's one story, and it's pointing to one thing, and it came, it's come from this one man who was a prophet, um, and that's cool, but I think it's way more cool that. God could inspire a bunch of men to um, tell one story. Mm. Um, uh, and I, 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 so for me personally, I'm not saying this is what would convince people in a whole, but for me personally, <laughs> that's way more convincing mm. that God would inspire so many men to write something that points to Jesus, that points back to him mm. um, through the Old and the New Testament. So that's, that's, that's a big part of what convinced me uh, to yeah. trust the Bible and trust what it says. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's important, especially when you talked about yeah, the Bible being a divine. Mm. Yes, it's a divine, divine work, and in, in the sense of the writers inspired by the Holy Spirit. I think is I don't remember what passage of scripture it is when it talks about it's being God breathed. Breathed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, carried along by by the works of the Spirit. So I mean, mm. still using their personality, still using their 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 giftings, but actually being worked and used as instruments um, mm. from God, and seeing yeah, the whole narrative, the whole redemptive arc following from genesis to revelation um and even even jesus how many times he quotes and and says the old testament is god's word um it is it is written um as david said by the holy spirit and then appointing the apostles and then them them writing to confirm the same story um so yeah no it's definitely yeah that's definitely something you can look at in terms of yeah it's god's word and that's why we believe it's god's word um i did randomly like as in randomly start being like what is this book? Where did it come from? Da, 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 da. Mm. I think probably it was something that came from like a philosophy class or something. Mm. And I remember at that time looking into the resurrection or someone told me to, whatever. I've actually really forgotten this experience. Like, <laughs> as he said, but I remember looking into it and actually feeling like, okay, that I can't, I have to believe this type mm. thing. And to actually, yeah, to be fair, that did, that's part of why, although perhaps I'm not, I don't, experience day to day as that being one of the reasons as in definitely Christ's resurrection but not so much the historicity of Mm -hmm. it but yeah that's a very like real reason that's the why even just the Lord Mm -hmm. yeah Historicity is such a sick word. Sorry. That might be the name of the episode. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> historicity. Okay, I think intelligence. It's given smart. It's given academic. It's given smart. I went to school. Um, yeah, okay. So I think we've, 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 um, we understand why we trust the Bible. So I'm just going to throw some 
a few things out in terms of just common things that if I throw it back it's a helpful place if I throw okay, cool. okay so there's three phrases I'm actually reading this directly from Confronting Christianity book um, so there's the Bible is the actual word of God and it's to be taken literally word for word the Bible is the inspired word of God but not everything in it should be taken literally the Bible is an ancient book of fables legends history and moral precepts recorded by man. That was a big gap. <laughs> we went from <laughs> one base Absolute to fables. Okay, so in terms of those three buckets, like where would you say you guys fit in? Or yeah, where do you guys? Where are you guys positioned? Number two. Number two. What was number two again? The Bible is the inspired word of God, but not everything in it should be taken literally. Yeah. It de- it it does depend what you mean by literally, though. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it depends what you mean by literally. Because I think, do you take the Bible literally? Yes. Okay. But so, in in <laughs> in the sense that, does that mean I'm going to read something like Songs of Solomon, for example? Mm, and and <laughs> 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 um, take every like metaphor and comparison as like exactly that. No. Mm. Um, or even proverbs, or even like. I don't really want to get into like the Genesis story and mm. stuff too much because I had a massive debate over that over the weekend. I don't even want to get into that too much. Yeah. But because I know people have varying views on like Genesis and creation and stuff like that. But even even outside of that, um, even outside of that, yeah, me saying I take the Bible literally does not mean that I take everything as in like face, not face value, that's not the word I'm looking for. Um, but yeah. That that doesn't mean I can I can't use understanding to know that just because it says this and that that doesn't mean it actually means exactly this and that if that mm. makes sense. Mm. But I do believe that everything that was put in the Bible was put in a, for for a purpose, and as we understand it, and as we you know, yeah, as we understand it, we should take the purpose of what why it was written literally. Does that make sense? I don't yes. even know, you know. <laughs> so hopefully hopefully someone could decipher that because I was trying to articulate it the best way I can. I don't know if I did. Like, <laughs> but the literal part is that taking it it literally is the word of God. Yeah. In the sense that it is supposed to be interpreted as and the messages are supposed to be interpreted as God saying this. Mm-hmm. But the actual reading of it it's not it it's not necessarily meant to be literal in that way so it's we're meant to read it as god's word but in reading it there are things that are presented as metaphors or parables and therefore to read it literally as god's word would be to read it as a metaphor as a yeah. Or as a parable, that is a be- much better way of articulating what mm. I'm trying to say. And it's mm. actually there are certain instances in this in the Bible where it's a it's a fig- it's more figurative than literal. Yeah. So I think in mm. like John three with Christ and Nicodemus, when when Christ <coughs> asks him to be born again, and he's like, "How can I be born again when I'm already born?" Mm-hmm. And you and you're seeing that Christ is speaking more to the spiritual aspect yeah. as to the actual going back into your mom's room and doing it again. Yeah. Um, Israel, what in those three? I'm assuming you're in the second one as well. Or yeah, you, like, how I, would I, you add to that? I'll probably use the phrase um, literarily instead of literally. Mm. Ooh, say that again, say that again. Draw that one more time. Draw that one more time. Said um, the historicity of the literal. Yeah, he said it's not literal, it's literal. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> what, what was the distinction you made? Sorry. <laughs> um, 
reading the Bible literarily. I'm actually pretty sure that's the British pronunciation too. But, okay. Um, that, that's reading each section according to the particular genre of the book as opposed to um, saying that everything has to be read in a, um, what's the word, or non-metaphorical way, right? So if it's, like we've mentioned, if it's the Psalms or some metaphor in um, Proverbs, then you read that like a metaphor would be read. If you're reading a parable, you read it like the way parables would be understood in the ancient world. If it's an actual event, um, like the narratives in the Gospels, you read that like an actual yeah. historical narrative. Um, now, and I think so, that doesn't solve everything because I know, for example, Genesis, um, as I mentioned, there's actually a debate around whether Genesis 1 is historical narrative or poetry. Mm. Um, so some would say the history of Genesis begins with Genesis 2. So Genesis 1 is like an introductory poem, and then Genesis 2 onwards is the narrative. Mm. And if that's the case, then you can read the whole, you know, day creation is kind of like non-24-hour type reading. But if Genesis 1 is historical narrative the same way Genesis 50 years with Joseph, then you're kind of in a, we have to have like a, you know, literal 24-hour day kind of situation. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't resolve everything, but I think the whole genre-based reading is probably, yeah, where number two best lands. Mm, Yeah. And then that is very, very helpful. And how do you respond to people that say the Bible's hard to read? Oh, wow. Um... (laughs) I'll be like, yeah, it's yeah. hard. Yeah. There's the reading, and then there's like the understanding, and then there's the interpretation, and then there's the application, and it, they can all be challenging. And hermeneutics, hermeneutics, and all these other things that you man can comment on. Um, I think even what Israel said at the beginning was just a reminder. It's like it's actually sixty-six books. That's a lot of text. It's a lot of writing. It's a lot of different books. So yeah, I think I'd really. I hear why it's actually. It's yeah, it's hard to read because there's so much, and it's not just like one long book. There's so many different books. Yeah, because the temptation mm. would be for someone that maybe doesn't want to apply any of those things is to read it like a storybook, I guess. Yeah, and if you do that, oh, I love that and, that, and that's not to say that you couldn't do that and still, you know, get get you know the message from it, but simplifying it to that, you can you will also encounter things that will make it hard and make mm. it hard to read it in that way, mm. um, and. And that's why, well, I guess it's a different topic, but that's why I do think there's a bigger step prior to understanding how to read the Bible, which is believing in Jesus Christ, which, like we all said, leads to all the other stuff that comes after, right? Um, And it's amazing that, you know, some people can just pick up the Bible, read it, and boom, they believe in Jesus Christ and they're saved, right? That's amazing. But Mm -hmm. that might not happen with everyone. Um, that might be that you know what for me personally that I mean I could say I'm a Christian for a long time I'm still trying to get my head around the Bible like I'm still trying to understand how to read it properly and stuff like that so um, I, I, yeah so I guess there's an, there's a more important step that's not to say um, understanding how to read the Bible isn't important mm. but um, there, there is a more important step prior to that yeah um, yeah I don't know what you guys think and what about the Gospels of Mark uh, Matthew Luke and John the seeming contradictions or the focus on the fact that you know one 
they're all telling us the same gospel story um but it seems like yeah matthew has there's i think maybe matthew or mark will have christ healed four thousand people but then mm. john has maybe he was five thousand people or certain things are not um recorded we could even go deeper in terms of um oh i think in my esv bible war is it the woman um the woman that is Caught in adultery. Caught in adultery. I was like, why is there a specific section this that says that? Manuscript. <laughs> this is about the, man- the original manuscript. <laughs> I was like, what? Not in the manuscript. So yeah, so how would you guys respond to that? Like the, the gospel, the the, gos- the different gospel narratives. And yeah, so how do you respond to that? I don't know if this is a good response, but I think... Um, I think, um, you know what you were saying about different people uh, talking about the same thing Mm -hmm. and that almost being, at least to you, and I think I'd share that more, almost like convicting than, than let's say, one person around the same thing. I think there's something that feels more realistic or more, I don't know if realistic is the word, more beautiful Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, about... Um, four different people testifying to the same facts about this person who seems to be a man, but is also walking with the authority of God, and um, who die, who who shares these parables. He does these miracles. He dies. He's buried and he's resurrected. Those things being shared amongst all the gospels. Um, that just speaks to. So again, perhaps I'm not really answering the question in terms of the contradictions, to be fair. Perhaps I'm leaning more towards the... um, (laughs) So what I'm trying to say is, you know, there there can be... I'm seeing this from this angle, you're seeing this angle. different, Different vantage points and different perspectives. And I think that's more beautiful than one than claims from one perspective because it actually makes it seem more consistent because why are five different people saying this um so yeah i was just i I think that's something to me i find quite beautiful about the gospels Mm. and um they all clearly are emphasizing something uh or you could in reading the different gospels you can tell that there's like a leaning like perhaps with the audience or the way they're Mm. speaking. And Matthew's very like, it's giving for the Jews and talking about the Jewish history and prophecy Mm. and stuff like that. And Luke seems to speak to loads of women and seems to have interviewed lots of women in his writing or Mm. um, John is just obsessed with Jesus. He's he's the word of God Mm. and et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) But I think, yeah, there's something very human and identifiable with seeing things from different vantage points, mm-hmm. which I don't think always has to mean is a contradiction, but I'm not sure how how well that answers the I question. I think you've about answered it. No, I, I, think I, think, answer. I think what you're saying is that the, the seeming contradictions aren't con- contradictions. They're actually four different writers mm-hmm. um, writing from their own vantage points for particular audiences. So it's not it's not contradictions. It's actually just, it, it requires careful study and like mm-hmm. closer inspection. But when you actually put them, all together they're, they're telling the same story it, and there isn't a contradiction even if the you know one <coughs> says four thousand another says five thousand the same there's this almost an assumption that christ didn't do multiple miracles and that you know 
one Thursday, one Thursday. Yeah, yeah. So like all those type of things all kind of come together. Mm-hmm. Um, is was there anything else were you gonna say? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, all of all of that definitely agree with, and I think it speaks to. And this is probably a, this is something I have a hard time with being a seminary, but um, I think it shows the need to understand the historical context mm. quite significantly, um, so that you can judge texts accurately to their specific. Yeah, context. So, like with the Gospels and the four different writings, um, I, in my mind, the most important question there is how were narrative accounts actually written in the first century? Like, what was the typical expected way of recording the story of a living person? Mm. Um, because that's the that's the standard of judgment, right? For whether Matthew or Mark is accurate it's not how we write biographies in the 21st century that's mm. just unfair we can't Interesting. put the first century to the standard of the 21st mm. um but then to be able to do that right to, be able to say matthew's written according to first century standards so it can be trusted because it is historical in its own time period and expectation it requires you to know what first century historical narrative is like anyway you know so you have to read i don't know uh, historians like Philo and um, what's his other friend now? The Jewish scholar. I already forgot him. You know? um, anyway, you have to read yeah, those kinds of scholars to be able to then contrast mm. and say, yeah, look, Matthew is actually uh, very consistent with how someone in the first century would have written. It's not at odds, and then you can explain it that way. And all of that becomes very technical very quickly. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, I try not to bring that up too much but I think it's actually necessary just to kind of set expectations yeah. for how to engage you know yeah mm. I so I guess because uh, especially um, Zoe's perspective in terms of the different vantage points and it's like really really helpful super helpful I remember like first kind of being exposed to that idea and I was like oh snap that makes so much sense the only question I have in terms of how you look at what it means when we say God inspired the writers, because how, not how I look at it, but how um, a non-believer would look at it would be like, okay, if this is God's word, why isn't it exactly the same? So if God wrote those words through those men, why isn't it exactly the same? Why don't they say the exact same thing in all of the four gospels? Um, and I think, I think you, the answers that's been given help answer that question still. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it completely, um, that question is valid completely, but it does leave some room for like, okay, so what does it actually mean when we say God inspired or God breathed? Mm. Um, what does that actually mean? Like, what does, does that mean? <laughs> Again, I hate it for the third time today, <laughs> as, the, as Muslims would say, um, that God literally wrote every, I don't even need to use words of Muslims examples there's loads of people that have started religions or mm. even cults that say you know God told me in the mountain these are the exact words and now they've got their own book and blah blah blah, blah. Um, so like w- what does and we believe the same about the Bible right we believe these are God's words mm. um, is there I guess the question is is there room for that in God using these people and breathing through these people to write these words, is there room for differences and changes and 
Matthew said this, but Mark said this. And I think we've kind of answered that question yeah. already, but... Um, but I get what you mean. I think yeah. you've pulled out a distinct question that we haven't perhaps quite answered in terms of I think it's, it's, the, it's the focus on the fact that, yeah, I mean, God breathed in terms of God moved through these writers, mm-hmm. still using their experiences, mm-hmm. still using mm-hmm. their personality, mm-hmm. still using their skills. Like, you know, Paul kind of writes with quite strong language. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, every every writer... Um, God is pleased to use them as instruments. Yeah, um, like vessels, right? Yeah, very much like vessels wor- wor- working. Um, and that's kind of how I've seen it. Um, um, yeah, so it's, it's a divine text in the fact that God preserves it. Um, and then the spirit is actually pleased to to use these these instruments as they are um, to, to, to bring about his his story and his pattern. Um, Zoe, any, Zoe any, Israel, anything you guys will add? I mean, I think you guys said it well. Um. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Another thing I would say is, I mean, we could talk about miracles because I feel like a lot of people are like, "Wait, you might believe this? You might believe everything that happened in this Bible? Like, what these miracles? Like, you think this is normal?" And especially in our in our world where you know we don't see miracles every day, or these things are are very much like they're very strange to us to to read some of these miracles that happen. Um, so that's one thing we could talk about, and also. Just what Zoe touched upon, just the evil things that happen in the Bible. Um, so, I mean, for me, it's always been David's son. Oh, what's his name? Oh, second son. And he basically coerces his sister and then actually rapes his sister. And then Absalom kills him. Mm-hmm. Jonadab? No, it's not Jonadab. Jonadab was his friend. Come on, guys. What's our Bible study knowledge? Is not reading the word? Tamar. It's definitely Tamar, but then I don't remember what the son's name's called. Oh, Edgy, Israel can be. I said Edgy, you know. Israel, <laughs> Israel can be Google it in the background, and then there's other stories as well. I mean, there's Amnon. Amnon. Oh, okay, there's there also like um, uh, one of David's. Is it one of David's? Not David's. The twelve tribes. Um, one of the daughters goes out and is 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 raped. I mean, and there's judges. Like so much for evil things happen in judges, and yeah, and throughout scripture, you've got genocide. You've got. Uh, misogyny patriarchy you've got slavery like all these things happening in the old testament new testament you've got um tribalism um what else have you got you i mean there's so many things you probably have in in the whole of the the bible and how do you guys i mean we believe the bible we, we trust in the bible how do you guys defend some of these practices that you, that we're reading in the bible yeah i guess the way i look at a lot of the evil even a lot of the evil that was just mentioned it I would see it as more narrative um, than um, like prescri- prescriptive or even like telling of what, because the Bible is pointing to God, right? Mm. And pointing to Jesus, right? And even in the evil, I mean, it's debatable, like someone would debate, but even in the evil that happens and that is narrated by the writers of the Bible that these things happened, points back to God's and God's God's love, God's justice, God's everything, um, that's not to then say that God is condoning any of those things, but the story points back to who God is. Um, mm. So that's how I've taken a lot of a lot of the examples you used. Anyway, I think there's still some things in that where you could say, oh, like for example, why would a loving God, you know, punish? You know, for example, like I said, um, we've been reading Exodus at church, and um, one of the points of contention was, was like, oh. 
the Egyptians and obviously the firstborns dying mm. or being killed by God, um, and yeah, and stuff and stuff like that. And okay, why why would a loving God do things like that? And I can, you can go on and on and on. And that, I guess that's a different argument that I'm going to let one of you guys answer. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of the things, especially if you, like, I, I would encourage people to read the Bible not just as a storybook and actually understand like. Yeah, just because something is narrative, that doesn't mean it's prescriptive by God or that God condones it yeah. or is for it. Just because these atrocities are narrated in the Bible, I don't know what you guys think. Though. That's just those are just my thoughts. Mm. Yeah, for sure, Zoe. I think um, I think it's a hard question. Very. I think two main things come to mind. Um, I'm just trying to remember what they are. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah I think one is that a similar to point to what you made in terms of um, kind of discerning when um, something's part of a story as opposed to something is being condoned um, so I think that's just a helpful thing to keep in mind with what is being in the actual reading of it what is being communicated here Um I think something that personally helps me is um, I think that when I am wrestling with a text, it's usually got to do with misogyny, tussling, <laughs> me and the Lord tussling. Um, one thing that, so I think as Christians, we believe that um, we we can be tempted to doubt, we can be tempted to not trust the Lord. And ultimately, um, and we believe this is from this is from the devil, this is from our own flesh, etc. Mm. And ultimately, what is being attacked is the goodness of God, or the or what we're being encouraged to doubt. The the road that He's trying to take us down is doubt. This how can this God be good? Doubt the goodness of God. Um, so this is kind of going back to why I trust the Bible, but I think. Jesus is the perfect representation of God. So this is the flawless. Um, if I want to know what God is like, I need to look at Jesus and I need to reject any um, information about God, any anything that is not perfectly consistent with the character, the words, the person of Jesus Christ as expressed in the, in the scriptures is an insufficient standard to know God by mm. or I have to reject anything that does, just doesn't match type thing. And that's, so I'm not saying that there's a contradiction between how he presents himself and these scriptures. That's not my point. My point is that whatever is itching me, <laughs> I have to look at Jesus Christ. I have to look at a bleeding savior who's praying to for his enemies to be forgiven. And I have to know that this is the heart of Christ. This is the person who's um, judging the Egyptians and, and whatnot, this bleeding saviour, this is the one that's, um, that it has inspired this text. Yeah. And I think, again, I don't know how right it is to, to almost have one thing dominant than the other, but for me, in terms of, in terms of that question, as in where the, the root of that question or the destination of that question is tempting me to go in terms of the goodness of God, it's immediately... I have to put it under the light of Christ's person 
and then I actually feel free to just genuinely engage in the text without yeah. the threat of what if almost like what if I find out that God isn't good type thing like if mm. I really engage because I can be very avoidant and I think it's because deep down it's like oh what if I actually go yeah, into this and I find yeah. out ah, yeah, I heard that. this guy I can't trust him but <laughs> when it comes to Christ he, God has given us something that we don't have to you don't have to be like, ah, would God re-? you can look at Jesus Christ Mm. What did he say? What did how did he treat you? You can we can find it and from that interpret things. Everything so else. that that's like one thing, but I still don't think that answers the question. <laughs> I think you did, no, especially the really first part. Yeah. Um, Israel, were you going to add to that? Yeah, no, I appreciate that answer as well. Um, I think with the, yeah, with the Old Testament in particular, um, there's a uh, a Jewish scholar professor guy called Robert Alter, um, who, so yeah, he's written a ton of stuff on interpretation. And it's a Jewish scholar, so like, for him it's like, it's just the Hebrew Bible. Um, but he, he speaks about or writes about um, narrative ethics as a mode of interpretation, which is to say, um, in the Jewish world, the way a narrative develops, actually like, um, encode certain ethics that are not in, that are not um, immediate to the actual moral actions in the story. So, for example, when we, you know, there's lots of polygamy in the Old Testament, doesn't that mean that it's the case to Asian Actually, all the narratives about polygamy, they always end in disaster. Oh, yeah. And in a, in a, in a liturgical context, the in the synagogue and church and you're, you're learning that that's not how life is meant to be lived right? so it's not actually justifying it it's mere doesn't justify the event the way the event unfolds justifies whether it's right or wrong mm. um, and so I think that's a helpful framework like just having a, a very distressful event in the Bible does not mean the Bible is saying that's okay mm. You have to pay attention how is this event being described, how it's being rated, and what, what is it sort of leading to in terms of its ethical teaching. I think that the more I think about it, the more I'm like, that's actually how we, we engage with pretty much every piece of literature that has distressful um, mm. events, right? In, in our movies and our TV shows, uh, we don't say the, the producers are just fine. Or, um, or grand larceny because they included it in their um, TV series. But we know they put that in context. They're trying to highlight maybe a particular issue that doesn't really get mentioned a lot, and they want to bring social awareness to it. In some sense, I think the Bible's going to do that too, saying there's some things that we have to address and we can't avoid. Um, and so they're in these books for us to. So even though it will be difficult for us, they're there for us to actually contend with because that's actually part of life. Like these horrible things happen. Mm -hmm. They've been happening since human, humans have been on Earth. Mm -hmm. And so how do we address them? And so the Bible's actually given us guides to engage these difficult things. Um, and so I think, yeah, that sort of treating narrative the way we would treat narrative now, in some sense, is probably the only fair way you can read the Bible. Otherwise, you're, I don't know, what's the word? Um, not hypocritical, but like you're having sort of two standards to 
one to the Bible and then another standard to every other piece of literature we engage with. Yeah, that's very helpful. Let the Holy Spirit fill in the gaps of Israel's <laughs> lovely monologue just then. Sorry, Israel, you, 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 you cut out little bits of it, but yeah, the sorry. majority of your message was... Okay. No, no, okay. but the majority of your message was heard. So the little, the little gaps, the Holy Spirit will give you the words, listeners, and you'll fill in... Because that's what I did. Yeah. I don't know. I understood exactly. You're so silly. Okay, closing thoughts. I think, I don't know where we are time-wise, but closing thoughts. Um, yeah, why should the unbeliever and the believer read the Bible? I, I I mean, I could add a follow-up in terms of if you were talking to a sceptic, where would you want them to start? I know John is like, start with John. That's start good. with John. But yeah, like, yeah. But we, why should a believer and unbeliever read the Bible? So you can, you know, why should you guys read the Bible? And then maybe if you want to speak to a sceptic as well. I can go first. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, I think for me, like, even as we're having this conversation, um, yeah, the, the challenge is there in it in terms of if I believe the Bible to be trustworthy, um, to be divine, to be God's word. That, you know, when I'm reading the Bible, I'm reading, I'm reading God, um, God's, God, God's mind on, on a particular subject, then it should be something I prize more than anything. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I went to a book launch the other day and I was like, oh, I can't wait to read this book. And I thought to myself, I don't have that energy with mm. reading the scriptures. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, waking up in the mornings and, and wanting to get into the word isn't always my first thought. Mm. Um, but if I believe, if I believe this to be true, you know, if I believe that, um, you know, we have everything that pertains to life and godliness, um, that, you know, in reading the Bible, I'm going to grow as a Christian. I'm going to, you know, if I, if I want to love the Lord, um, I need to know what the Bible is saying. You know, Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. Like, how am I going to be convinced of his love? How am I going to be convinced of, of 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 the gospel is through reading the word um it should make me prize the bible more than anything you know if i'm talking to someone and i'm saying oh you know this is what i think about this particular matter this is my opinion is that coming from me or is that coming from me being informed of his word um and i think yeah so so it's always a challenge to me in 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 saying that you know if we if we know that this bible is it's a historical document it's trustworthy there's archaeology that proves it it's actually god's word if we look at um christ in his person, what was his view of the Bible? He believed in the Bible. He 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 affirmed the Old Testament. Um, he affirmed the New Testament. He 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 gives light to the apostles after him. Um, if I believe all of this to be true, I should be reading my Bible more. Um, and that that's just a challenge for me. That yeah, I need to kind of focus on the scriptures and reading the Bible more, trusting in the Bible, um, so that I can yeah, be closer to the Lord. So that's a takeaway for me. Okay, you guys have time to think. So, <laughs> not time to think. I was gonna say, I, 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 as a believer, I feel like just everything you said, mm. and and to get to know Jesus more, to have hope. This world is sad and long, mm. um, and I just need to, I need some things from outside of this world. Do you know what I mean? I need hope, yeah. and I feel like just Jesus Christ is just hope, and He tells us to read His Word so that we may know Him. Um, so yeah, there's that. I think um, for unbelievers, I was actually just thinking like, partic- maybe particularly to people that I might be thinking of or in our generation, I think one conversation that's happening a lot is people talking about kind of um, therapy and language around like, um, tr- there's common words that are perhaps wouldn't be used a few years ago that are now more common, um, trauma and therapy and boundaries and and generational curses but not in a spiritual way but type of thing mm. cycles etc and um 
I think um, it can be, it's a very interesting thing to notice that it seems like the world is is speaking about some kind of brokenness, some kind of, there's something bizarre mm. with everyone's experience, some kind of trauma, everybody seems to have something that they, they need to, it needs to stop with their family or mm. it's just, I think it's a very interesting thing that's being platformed um, and whatever your views are about people using those words, I would just encourage somebody who, yeah, who's perhaps seeing these words being used to see what the Bible has to say, the perspective it gives and how it makes sense of brokenness or these kind of problems as mainly an issue with our relationship with God that's playing out in life and other people and how we raise our children and relationships, etc. That will preach. That's a word right there. <laughs> Israel? Um, oof, I think, well, uh, well, I'll say that I'll say the, the, the Christian thing, Uh-oh. the right Christian answer, which is somewhere in the gospels. Um, in terms of, <laughs> books that I'd recommend to to someone who wasn't a Christian. But I would also actually if you know if if discussions around Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ, um, the sort of specifics around Christianity is too much of a barrier to discuss for someone who's skeptical or questioning faith, religion, Christianity, I would say going to the wisdom literature in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. Job, Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, is actually a very low bar starting place in my view, because mm-hmm. it's it's um, it's scripture that I think can be affirmed even if you don't believe in God, which is a weird thing to say. Yeah. But um, yeah, like if you step into the world of Proverbs, and I'll say this to someone who wasn't Christian, you know, asking these kind of questions, I'll say to them, hey, I, you know, maybe a 30 day challenge, live according to the instructions of Proverbs for 30 days and see how your life turns out. And arguably it will turn out much for the better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that goes a long way in my mind to saying that, um, the theology of scripture, especially in wisdom literature, is actually attuned to the way the world actually is. Um, not the way, not the world we, we want to imagine. Um, but the order it actually is and it actually teaches you to live life well. And if that's the case, then I think you at least need to give serious consideration to the other books. Mm. And I think that'll probably be the pathway I'd take and say if you if you can affirm that Proverbs has is is doing it right, then have you considered the prophets? You can say the prophets are doing it right. Have you considered the gospels? And then if you work your way there, I think you can reach a point where actually you find yourself saying, yeah, all of scripture is doing it right. Mm, um, yeah. I sort of like make it a progressive sort of um, steps, steps and steps to be, to be climbing. Mm. And Femmes? You was the last. Um, for the Christian, I'd probably just say, yeah, it's God's word. Like, um, and if we believe that to be God's word, then... Um, Let's let like it's such a blessing that we have these books readily available to us. That's what I think sometimes. And and if we truly believe that is the word of God, what a blessing that we can open up our phone, 
Um, we don't even need to get. We don't even need a paper. Like we could open up a phone, new version, <laughs> and and taking God's words. That's what we believe to be, um, mm. and it's there to edify us, to equip us to do every good work, to um, to teach us more about the God that we serve, um, God's love for us, all those things. Um, and it's just all there for us. It's not. It's not. I'll read your Bible because it's, it's a religious practice. Um, but more actually, it's it's for our benefit. Um, once upon a time. You know, Christians before us didn't even have the luxury of doing this. So um, we have that luxury. Let's let's use it. Let's um, edify ourselves, edify each other um, with the words that God has given us. Really, um, for the mm. unbelie- for the unbeliever, I'd probably say similar things to what you guys said. Um, I'd always say, also say be open minded, and because there's a lot of misconceptions about the Bible, specifically from non-believers. I hear it all the time. Like actually, that's not that's not what the Bible's trying to say, or um, what the intention was or actually you haven't read the bible and you've just taken you know narratives that other people have portrayed about the bible and taken that as fact um yeah. so be open-minded maybe listen to this podcast maybe maybe you've heard a different viewpoint on how to read scripture what scripture is actually trying to say and you, you know you might ha- you might read it through a different set of eyes so be open-minded um to it um you know even if you want to go further like we said invest investigate who Jesus Christ was, because he definitely vouched for the same Bible. So maybe, yeah, maybe investigate, <laughs> <laughs> investigate who he is. Um, you might have a different, mm. you have a better, you know, if you have a different understanding of Jesus, you might have a different understanding of, you know, the, the words he spoke and you know yeah. the, the scriptures that he definitely vouched for. So, um, so yeah, that's what that's what I would advise. Other than what all you guys have said. Can I just say one last thing? Yeah, sorry, it's just to say, <laughs> <laughs> I think. Um, Jude, the Jude Free podcast is amazing mm-hmm. and um, mm. in terms of um, answering some of these questions and it d- dedicates lots of times to specific texts and okay. very difficult texts and very difficult topics. I think it's a really good resource. Um, yeah, because it's, it's there's time given specifically to yeah. different stories and stuff like that. So yeah, we'll put that in the in the show notes, Jude Free podcast. And yeah, I mean, if you guys let us know what you think, if you have any questions, we have an upcoming Ask BB episode. I don't know when it is. It might be next episode. But yeah, if you've got any questions, send us an email, DM us, tweet us. However you can contact us, contact us, send us your questions, let us know what you think. And yeah, that was BB, man. Israel's good to have you on the podcast. Fine. Shout out to Zoe as our to be guest. The- good to see Femmes again. Four episodes in a row. I haven't I let you go yet. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's my real guy. Still waiting for my pick. It's not, it's not coming. <laughs> You're going to be refreshing that statement every, every day. Black Bria, look at that. Uh, view transactions. Black Bria? Black Bria? No? Search, search, search. <laughs> uh, that was good, guys.